You're listening to The Esoterics Podcast, hosted by Joe Figueres and Fioralise Franco. Greetings, humans. Uh, we are very excited to uh, be talking with you this week. Yeah how um, how was your weekend? Uh, it was the the weekend was pretty uneventful. I read um, at New Renaissance Bookshop, um, which is a cool little area of town. It's reminds mm-hmm. me of like a little New York burb, bustly and crowded and really colorful. Um, but I am um, I've got some other things that um, I'm still uh, recovering from COVID. Yeah. Oh. I had this. I got it like weeks ago, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I still have that scratchy. You can sort of heal it and oh. sniffly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so obviously, I'm not um, positive, but um, wow, it hangs around for a long time. It doesn't just yeah. freaking go away when you get COVID. Yeah. Um, but I just got back from um, camping, and so I've always been a, a big Twilight fan of uh-huh. the movies i mean yeah they're they're kooky and corny and campy but who cares right it's super fun and i love spooky dookie vampire werewolf stuff yeah and so my friend laura was like hey you want to go camping and i'm like yeah right because i'm down i'm down for adventures all the time but then uh you know a couple weeks later i'm like where are we going again like i didn't care where i was just like <laughs> we're going camping and she's like oh yeah. we're gonna go and you know like uh, the olympic national forest and i'm like dude what we're going to twilight country she's like yes i'm like oh <laughs> my god then i was like fucking like so I was in so we went to Forks we went to Port Angeles we went to La Push um camped at this beautiful lake called Lake Crescent which was I didn't take enough pictures of Lake Crescent and that lake was is stunning Uh, but it was fun um you know honestly Port Angeles reminds me of Astoria um, okay. In Oregon. And, uh, you know, it was just a good time. It was a beautiful, beautiful road trip. Um, gorgeous part of the country. Um, yeah. Really nice. But I still think that the Oregon coast is more beautiful. I really do. Yeah. Yeah. I had to drive up the mountain up to Lake Arrowhead for work last week. I don't remember what day of the week it was. But um, yeah, I had to go up there to meet for, with a new client for work. And I get up and it was it was foggy driving up the hill and it wasn't a hard drive at all and then I get up there and just the air oh my god it's just so crisp and beautiful and I'm like I just want to live I just want to live and breathe this air every day this is what I want (laughs) yes yeah I've been feeling that a lot I was actually telling um Laura on a trip I said you know what I just don't think I'm a city girl I'm just I've been I've lived in the city for years and years and Mm -hmm. years Mm -hmm. and I just I really think that I am I'm not a country girl like rural country I'm not I'm not down for that yeah um but I am like a I want like a place on a lake or or with nature in nature so yeah yeah, for sure yeah yeah I I loved being up there so I was telling my where what what area I know it was in the it's, Riverside area? It's so we we drive north. It's north of Riverside and you go up through San Bernardino and then you take a highway up. And the first city I believe is called Blue Jay. It's Blue Jay, California. But it's also Lake Arrowhead and technically it's Big Bear too. So it, it's oh, cool. it's, okay. it's Big Bear Big Bear Mountain, but it's Lake Arrowhead is really the the town. Okay. Um I, I haven't really spent enough time up there. Is it as pretty as Idlewild? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but you've got the lake though, where it would yeah. the, you have an actual lake where Idlewild doesn't have a lake. So no, and I don't th- Idlewild is really, really pretty. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I need to have water. So yeah, okay, yay. So that might be another spot to look at because actually the drive was much closer. It was forty five minutes from here, from my house to get to there so that might be another place to host a retreat or something. i would love that right yeah. i mean yes i'm pretty geeked about um about joshua tree but um yes I, just california oregon actually i met somebody at um um i facebook group i joined this group and it was just one of those 
hey, does anybody have any suggestions type of, you know, women, mm-hmm. female Portland group, right? Which led to, yes. they, then they had this other group called, it's called the PDX Hive. And then mm-hmm. they had this other group called PDX Woo Woo Hive or something. I'm like, oh, oh I'm down for that, right? And then there mm-hmm. was this meetup where people are like, hey, there's a bunch of us getting together in the park. We're just going to read tarot for each other. And I was like, I- I'm in because I, of course, know how to read tarot, but I really want more practice reading the minor arcana versus major or, you know, so, um, that was really fun, but I met somebody who has a retreat space in Washington and I was telling her about our podcast and about oh. us and I'm like, Hey, so, um, I'll send you the uh, link to the website cause it's a freaking gorgeous place. Wait until you see it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll just going to take a moment here to, remind everyone that we do have enrollment now open for our next retreat. This is our 2024 retreat, the Quantum Consciousness Retreat, the next level quantum practices for healers, mystics, seekers, and alchemists. And this is going to take place in Desert Hot Springs, California, adjacent to Joshua Tree National Park. Uh, This will take place on Tuesday, March 19th through Friday, March 22nd, and registration is now open. For more information and details, go to our website, esotericspodcast.com slash events. Excellent. And um, you have the option to make monthly payments. So if you start now, your payment is going to actually be a lot lower and it'll be really, really um, hopefully affordable. So what are some of the things that we are going to be doing at this retreat? I'm going to answer my own question. (laughs) We're going to be doing, um, learning how to cast um, a soul blueprint chart. Um, We're going to be learning about quantum manifestation and visualization. We're going to learn some breath work. We're going to dive into some channeling and some dream work. Um, Fee's going to teach us how to facilitate a healing circle. And then we'll also have um, two amazing meditations, um, one in the water and the other in the desert. Um, and then a, a little bit of intuitive insight and some Karuna Reiki energy work thrown in there. So it's going to be a lovely, lovely uh, four days. Yes. Don't miss out. Sign Mm-mm. up soon. Sign up now. What else is, do you have going on? Uh, well, do we want to do announcements or I got a story to tell you before we get into announcements. Yeah. Tell me the story. What's the story? We're down for story time. <laughs> so I'm picking my mom up from the airport last week. And I don't know why I hadn't thought to ask her. She went to a European trip, like a, it was like a European tour uh, with some friends last a couple years ago. It was maybe two years ago, I think. And I had asked her, I'm like, "Hey, did you encounter any?" Oh, that, that this was what my question was. It was because I was watching a TikTok, and this girl who uh, was visiting Spain from Mexico was talking about how the Spaniards were so rude to her. Because she spoke a different type of Spanish, she she, she spoke you know the like a, a, the Mexican style of Spanish, which is not Castellano that they that what Spaniards speak. Anyway, I was asking my mom like, "Hey, when you were in Spain, were the Spaniards mean to you?" And she's all, "No, not really." She's like, "But I did. There was a really rude lady in France, and I was like, what happened?'" <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let yes what happened i'm gonna preface this by saying that i don't agree with everything my mom does <laughs> but if you cross my mom i mean do so at your own risk like I'm she will cuss you. you the fuck out so i guess she went into the shop and she used the restroom and then when she walked out the lady was like restroom is for customers only and like this really rude rude way and and my mom goes, okay, let me, do you have water? Let me buy some water from you. And the lady takes the water from her or the, she takes the water and she tosses it at her. <gasps> no. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So then my mom takes the money and she tosses it at her. Did <laughs> for tat, bitch. <laughs> exactly. And then the lady has the audacity to ask her, why did you do that? <gasps> and she, yeah. Yeah. And so then my mom's like, take your money, you stupid bitch. <gasps> and then she said there was another, there was a man who looked like he was like a Hispanic man. And he was sitting on a chair like somewhere in the back. Who, like he obviously worked there or something. 
and the whole time he's like laughing and then he's like giving my mom the thumbs up because i'm sure this that's not the first time this lady is Mm-mm. rude to people but she Mm-mm. finally met someone who wasn't gonna take her shit mm-hmm. yeah so my mom cursed her out and then um <laughs> and then one of the other people she was on the in the group with was like okay let's go <laughs> let's get out of here and they pulled her out of the store <laughs> but yeah that was my mom in france oh my god I, they, they're mean in Rome. Some lady looked me up and down and pulled her purse closer to her. She like, thought you were a gypsy. Like, but she was like, I don't know, sixty. I was like, bitch, I can just trip you and knock you in the mouth and take your purse. Take your so purse. I don't know what you're doing, right? You know, she was like, I don't know. People, Europeans are mean, mean people. Yeah, um, don't don't expect people to be nice to you if you're rude to them first <laughs> oh my god i love it but okay but how many people actually like like clap back like she did right most people are just right. like oh, yeah so rude and then they're like no uh-uh she's like uh, oh really that's oh. how we're gonna be yeah here you go <laughs> here you go bad. yeah and then and that's what I tell. That's what I told my mom. I'm like, she's probably like that with so many people all the time, and most people probably don't say anything to her or do anything because they're like, you know, they're caught off guard. A lot of people just aren't confrontational, you know, all that stuff. But you know, my mom might be four eleven, but she'll still <laughs> she oh, she carries herself like she's six foot tall. <laughs> Dude, I don't I don't think there's one story, um, one funny story that you've told me about your mom, or just one random you know everyday story that I haven't cracked up. <laughs> And like what? What? Oh my God, your mom! <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love um, it. All right, let's move into announcements now. <laughs> all right, let's see what do we got going. Uh, what do you got going on? Oh, I just have two workshops coming up in the month of October, and these are both taking place at Raincross District in downtown Riverside. The first one will be October fourteenth, and that is the workshop for empaths. And then 1020 will be the Connecting with Ancestors workshop. And I am considering doing the workshop for um, Connecting with Your Ancestors as an online course as well. So keep stay tuned for that. That'll probably have like the live date and then it'll probably also be available for download. Nice. Very nice. Um, I know that somebody in the community the other day asked about um, shadow work, you know, doing a class on shadow work. And I actually tagged you. Um, I think I yes. tagged you or I said, yeah, like reach yes. out to her and she'll help. Yeah. You, so. he sent, yeah. He sent me a message. I got nice. him, I got him um, the information he needed. Nice. All right. Well, this must be the season for workshops. So I've got two new workshops. I'm going to open up registration next week um, on my website, joefigueras.com, but I'll make the announcement on both um, in the Esoterics community, the Esoterics page, and all of the pages on Instagram. So the first one we're going to do, we did a 2023 last year, so we're going to do a 2024 12-month tarot forecast workshop. Basically, I'm going to teach you how to calculate your 2024 personal months Mm -hmm. Um, And then pull a card for each one, giving you a really solid sort of blueprint for the coming year. Um, I look Mm -hmm. back at mine all the time. I've done a 12-month forecast for myself, I don't know, for like the last five years. And I used to offer them for Uh sale. But, you know, it's just a lot of work. It's it's a lot of work, (laughs) right? Um, So, but I'm going to teach you how to do your own. And again, I look back at it all the time and I'm always amazed by the accuracy. Yeah. Um, It's just a great tool to have. So I'm going to... find a date for that one. And, um, that's going to be virtual. Okay. And then the other one is the second virtual workshop is going to dive into soul agreements, um, where you'll learn to calculate the pre-birth agreements between you and your closest, um, or most challenging people just based on your birthday alone. That's it. Um, it's really fun and it's super helpful to know why or why the fuck (laughs) these people (laughs) are in your life. Um, and it can also give you some insight into like your soul contracts with them, which okay. are a little bit different than your soul agreement, but the two work together really beautifully. Um, and I'll explain how. So, okay. Wonderful. Um, let's see. I've got, it looks like just one more. Um, custom commissions for intuitively designed jewelry are open again. Oh, yay. Yeah. And, you know, I have to start. um, What gets people interested is when I post a picture of one and then Uh I say this is what it was how um, I give everybody like a summary of why I 
chose the stone in this design for this person. Yes. <clears throat> well, I don't have that because I haven't had a commission yet. So I need somebody to commission one <laughs> so that I can have that and get, get, get the interest going. But um, okay. so basically every step of the intuitive design and fabrication process is intended to create this piece that is unique to your personal energy blueprint. And so to do that, what I do is I open up your Akashic record, but then I also pull a numerology, astrology, and human design chart, and then I explore it within the energy of the Akashic records. And that just gives me the details of your soul blueprint. Yes. Okay. So then I use that information to um, intuitively identify the crystal gemstone um, that's going to best enhance and strengthen your personal energy field, right? Your suit, your, your soul blueprint. Mm -hmm. um, the, the, the properties of the stone are also going to sort of support your soul's purpose, your goals, your desired achievements and everything. So, mm -hmm. um, so basically as a result, then you've got this piece of jewelry that I send you with a, a cool little um, package, but this jewelry is like a physical manifestation of your personal energy and it's made for just one person on this earth you so and people love them i am always like floored people are like oh my god joe it's exactly what i was thinking or i wanted or it really is an intuitive yeah. process and sometimes i'm blown away at how blown away people are <laughs> yeah it's cool it makes me feel good like oh i i nailed it yeah um all right so really quickly you get your choice of a ring or a pendant on an 18 inch sterling silver chain. You can get it at 22 or whatever. It's just going to cost a tiny bit more for, um, based on current metal prices. Um, okay. as far as the chain length, some people like big long chains. Um, but it also comes with a live virtual 60 minute reading, which we go over all of your astrology, numerology, and human design. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, it, you, I'll do a little, um, and you can record this report, this, this reading too. So you'll have it forever. But I'll also then send you um, a PDF that contains like um, a frame worthy sort of um, image of your soul blueprint, uh -huh. your chart. Um, and then it's a description of the gemstone, the materials, a description of the stone's properties, and then the best way to harness the energy. So okay. um, if you would like to commission your own uh, one of a kind piece of jewelry, um, just complete the form at the, um, on my website under the um, custom jewelry tab. And that's awesome. it. Awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm really excited to get going on it. Yeah. All right. What are we talking about today? I want to have a conversation about the problems with organized religion within the realm of the age of Aquarius, um, organized religion versus spirituality. Yes. All right. I'm here for it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. So y'all, I've never made it a secret. It, Fee and I have never made it a secret <laughs> about how we feel about organized religion, right? When it's done right, it's, it's connection and community and fellowship with yeah. people who share similar beliefs. Mm -hmm. Man, but at its worst, it's just literally fear-based bullshit used to control and corrupt. It's okay? a cult. Yeah. It's so and the other thing is is it's also these people get they they amass this disgusting amount of money and there are yeah. zero tax responsibilities and zero responsibilities to the communities that they thrive in. Yep. Yep. You you, you know who I'm talking about? You know I'm looking at you, Joel Osteen. I, I know. Yep. That douche house. Yep. Douche and a hurricane douche. <laughs> Remember, he wouldn't let people yep. in. Oh, yeah. So, one of the reasons that I'm so, um, you know, anti-religion is, you know, those of you that have been listening for a while know that I've had several past lives where I have, um, you know, just railed against the the church. Have several religious past lives as a nun, and and I've been killed, um, you know, by a nun and all that stuff. Yeah. But mostly, it's my work in the Akashic records. Um, I've just seen over and over how organized religion is a man-made construct mm -hmm. um, that has absolutely nothing to do with spirituality, God, heaven, the afterlife life between life or any other, um, you know, consciousness or existence that happens outside of our human incarnation. It, it just doesn't, not a zero, zilch, nothing. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then, and so practicing spirituality, you know, a lot of people think, oh, you're spiritual, so you must be religious. No, no, no. Mm -mm. Quite the opposite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of our most enlightened teachers, um, you know, they never saw the inside of a temple or a church. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, in fact, most were considered heretics and non-believers, you know, and the truth is that spiritual knowledge is really an inner experience. Yeah. 
Um, so um, a few weeks ago, I posted on my personal Facebook page that I would be offering an in-person reading or in-person readings at Woo PDX here uh -huh. in Portland. It's a really cool little local metaphysical crystal shop. Uh -huh. um, and just to note, if you follow me on, or if we're Facebook friends on my personal page, I rarely post woo stuff on my personal page. Um, you know, you'll typically see jokes, memes, recipes, occasional political righteous outrage, you know, and a rant or two about whatever grievance I may have with inanimate objects, right? Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's ridiculous. Um, but very little woo. Um, I keep that um, in the esoterics community, the podcast pages and the mystic metal and stone business page. So, mm -hmm. um, all right. Anyway, so I posted a promo for readings, um, in my stories and I don't think I did it on purpose. I think it was a, a mistake anyway. Yeah. Next thing I know, the husband of a high school acquaintance that I've never met. Yeah. Slithered into my DMs and shot me off a quick message. And I posted about this in the esoterics community too. Uh -huh. um, but the message said, stay away from the occult. Um, okay. What's it to you? <laughs> yes, friends. He doesn't know me. He never met me and yet had the fucking audacity <laughs> to try and tell me what to do. See? <laughs> See? What do we say to people telling us what to do? Don't fucking tell me what to do. What's <laughs> your problem? <laughs> right? Okay. I was gobsmacked. I was like, wait, what? Tear you. Oh my God. It's literally like my first inclination was to, you know, break his godless soul in two, um, you know, by going all Liam Neeson on him. Because um, listen, I got that Mars and Scorpio. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I got it. I was about to go in it, but I didn't. I just dismissed him with a simple, uh, I think I said something along the lines of your Bible tells you to stay away from that. Not me, butthole. Um, you know, I don't know. I was just like, mm -hmm. it's not worth it, but yeah. So that's a preface to, uh, you know, me, this next sort of part of this, uh, the, uh, of this topic where your Bible is not my Bible. Right. Exactly. One sacred text is not the final word for all religions. What the? F yeah. How is this not universally understood? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. And this is the way I see it. Like, okay, so here's the thing. Like, throughout history, you've got monks and you've got spiritual sages, um, you know, and they're all working diligently by candlelight with scroll and paper and ink and feathers and all that shit to mm -hmm. very diligently and accurately document, like, the religious histories of their cultures. Right? Uh-huh. Right. Um, the histories that we know now, the things we know, they exist only because of what these 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 people wrote, right? Monks mm -hmm. and that stuff. Sure. Humans wrote every single letter, every single spiritual text that is currently in existence. Uh-huh. Not God. Mm -hmm. God did not write that. So mm -hmm. it, it, logically, my Capricorn brain says it's simply a bunch of historians doing their jobs. Sure. But also I think they're interjecting their own agendas into it Absolutely. as well. Because they also there was a lot of people that wrote things that were supposed to be in the Bible and then they either got quote unquote lost or just mm -hmm. straight up removed. Yes. 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 Historians, I have zero issue with that. But like you said, mm -hmm. the problem with sacred texts and Bibles is that men decided, men, men, mm -hmm. right. men decided upon the proper core values for their followers in an attempt to control them based on cultures, beliefs, practices. Okay. Yeah. But dude, that was thousands of years ago. Like yeah. thousands of years ago. Fuck uh -huh. off. Uh -huh. Times have changed. I am a liberated feminist woman. And yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not really a feminist, but well, maybe I am. I don't know. So I'm not down for that. Yeah. Um, so the way that I see it and the reason that I'm so like anti-Bible is because the Bible is nothing more than a how-to and why or else for Christians. Yeah. 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 Uh, but it's been weaponized too is the yes. problem. Because it would yes. be no issue if it was like, yes, this is a book that I read and it teaches me moral lessons and whatever, whatever, and I live my life by it. And 
and then they would do the thing. They would do that. But the whole my my problem is is the proselytizing thing where they feel like they have to go and like recruit people and they have yep. to like tell people about it and all all that's what I have a problem with. Like I cuz I don't I don't go around like imposing my beliefs on other people, so I just expect the same in return. Yeah. And when people do it, it's it really is. It's like, wait, what? what? Wait, you know, why are you sending me a message? Somebody you never, ever talked to in your life telling me to stay away from the occult. I will sick the occult on you. Like I will find a witch and we'll make a spell. <clears throat> but again, you know, like I said, this, this Bible is nothing more than a how-to guide, but it's also the same for the Quran. That's the, the how-to for Islam. The trip, tripitaka, I think that's how you say it. Mm-hmm. for um for buddhists and then even honestly the satanic bible for satanists right like we're not we don't believe in it or oh i won't say that but i'll say that i don't mess with that or, or i'm not interested in that but it, how is that any different it's a religious uh-huh. organization it, yes. it's not any different yes yeah so anyway um the bible is nothing more than you know um or any Bible, any sacred text is just nothing more um, that it's like a guide for those who follow their teachings. And it's just filled with philosophy and dogma. It, yeah. Yes. You know, yes. so yes. anyway, so um, so now that we've clarified that, <laughs> right, let's just talk about practicing spirituality versus religion. Okay. All right. So comparatively, what does that look like? So what I found was this really cool um, research poll from 2016 from the Barna group. Okay. And they're just a research group, but they compared the practices of people who identified as spiritual versus mm-hmm. those who identified as Christian and evangelical. Okay. And, and there were some things in there that really surprised me. So first off, Spiritual practitioners, 91% of spiritual practitioners spend their time in nature reflecting. Mm. 91% versus 24% Christian and 13% evangelical. Of course. Right. You'd think that they would need more to reflect on or they need to clearly reflect a little bit more. (laughs) Uh, Spiritual uh, practitioners spend 60% of their time in meditation Christians 18 and evangelicals five. Yeah. Prayer. This was interesting. Mm -hmm. Spiritual practitioners actually spend 43% of their time in prayer. Okay. Um, Christians are 83% and then evangelicals are 98%. Yeah. 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 Uh, almost a hundred percent is, you know, and, and what are they, what kind of prayer are they praying for salvation, for forgiveness? No, I feel like their prayers are like judgments, like, please help Sally not be gay or something, you know, <laughs> something fucking stupid. Like, <laughs> Sally's like, what's the problem? Leave me alone. What's it to, what's it to you? Journaling. <clears throat> 38% of spiritual practitioners journal. I know that that's my biggest um, spiritual practice is journaling, like journaling, yeah. making notes and all that stuff, but only... 17% of Christians journal and 16% of evangelicals journal. Mm, yeah, that would mm-hmm. might be helpful if they did a little bit more because then it would create some more self-awareness. Yeah, that's reflecting, right? Reflect mm-hmm. a little bit more. Uh, yoga, oh, this isn't surprising. 37% of spiritual practitioners engage in yoga. Mm-hmm. 7% of Christians and 1% of evangelicals. And isn't yoga always in- included in the list of things that are evil and will send yep. you to hell? Yep. Yep. You're and stretching. so is, and sometimes so is meditation. Yeah. 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 I've seen it on that those lists too. You're freaking stretching is what you're doing. I don't get how you're that's stretching bad. and breathing. Like relax. <laughs> relax. Spend some time in meditation. Um this one actually surprised me. So spiritual practitioners spend 23% of their time learning about spiritual topics. Uh, they're clearly not the sevens, right? A uh, life path seven. Because Christians, 36% of Christians spend their time learning about spiritual topics, and then 35% of evangelicals learn about spiritual topics. Mm, I would be interested in, like, seeing a list of the spiritual topics that they look at. Exactly, the details. Like, what exactly are they learning? Yeah, that's exactly what I would feel. Okay, this is not surprising. Actual scripture from their sacred texts. Um, Uh Spiritual practitioners 
are 14%. 14% of spiritual practitioners actually read scripture, whereas 56% of Christian and 82% evangelicals read scriptures. Oh, I just think that scriptures and especially the Psalms are technically spells, but that's just me. (laughs) Sit on that, people. Sit on that. There are a bunch of Christian evangelical witches and they don't even (laughs) They don't even know. That's how I kicked out of the gardening group the other day. Right. I mean, isn't that where all of this originated from herbs and working with the (laughs) nature and everything? Yep. (laughs) These people, they're clueless. They're clueless. (laughs) They have no idea that they are, um, what's it called when you do one thing, say one thing and do it? A hypocrite. A hypocrite. Yep. They're hypocritical (laughs) and ignorant. Ignorant. (laughs) Um, And then the last one that's interesting to me, spiritual practitioners, 5% of spiritual practitioners spend their time attending groups or retreats, right? Because you have never been to one of our retreats because there would be a bigger number. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whereas Christian and evangelicals, this is interesting. Um, I mean, kind of Christians, 6% of Christians go to retreats, but 0% of evangelicals go to retreats. So what do you think they're so for spirituality, maybe it's accessibility, um, you know, because they can be a little bit pricey, but for Christians and evangelicals, what, what do you think they consider retreats are? Uh, what, what was their percentage? 6% and 0%. No evangelicals spend their time attending groups or retreats. Oh, they're too busy over there being colonizers and going to other countries, <laughs> prophesizing. Trying to convert the poor and, you know, all that shit. That's why. That's true. What's that called? Um, When you go to another country to do missionary work. Quote, unquote. (laughs) Right? I've never been called to do that. I know that there are, I know some good people that have been, but I'm like, I don't know. If I'm going to go to another country, I'm going to be having drinks on the beach. I don't know. Trying to dig ditches. That makes me a bad... No, I'm all for helping people, um, but but do you have to like do you have to convert them and do you have to baptize them and do all this other shit with it? Like, why can't you just help them for the sake of helping them? Like, that's yep. it. Yep. Yep. All right. So a while ago, I was scrolling through my timeline and um, I came across a post by this dude named Jim Palmer. And mm-hmm. um, he is an ex-evangelical who realized that, uh, you know, his teachings were misguided, right? They're, they're not changing people's lives. So he walked away from it all. Uh-huh. Um, he says, quote, I once was an evangelical megachurch pastor whose career stretched over many years. Eventually, I could no longer teach Christian doctrine um, with a good conscience, conscience and realized um, that my teaching was not truly changing people's lives. So I walked away from the whole enchilada, he said, quote, yeah. unquote. Um, he goes on to say, um, and honestly, enchiladas, there there isn't that much in an enchilada. There's like a corn tortilla and some meat and some, I don't even cheese. understand why people. It's some right. cheese. It's some cheese, right. Now I'm freaking hungry. Great. Thanks. Uh, he goes on to say, below are 14 things that the misguided religious establishment doesn't want you to know. And of course, you know, I was like, what? Let's. I was wrecked. Um, he said, speaking for myself and my personal experience, I was not able to see or admit these things to myself. I truly got into ministry initially because I wanted to make a difference and help people. And I believe that about many people. I just think that they get corrupted by power and money. Yeah. And yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, he says, this is why. He says he relied upon the belief system that he learned as the proper framework to achieve this. So basically he learned how to minister to people based on the teachings of his theology teacher, you know? Uh Yeah. Um, And he said it took a lot of post-religion reflection, post-religion reflection to see the ways that his um, belief system was hurting people. He's like, I didn't see, I didn't understand this until after. So he made this list and he says, I offer this list in hopes that you might disentangle yourself from harmful beliefs and attitudes um, impacting your life. And I don't share this to slam or to try to, you know, take anybody out of Christianity. I'm just saying this is, these are some fucking amazing nuggets 
mm-hmm. that make you think because it's like, dude, dude is an ex evangelical who's like, mm, this is actually what's going on. It's yeah, it, it's really good stuff. Yeah, there's a whole group of people that do this or that talk about their experiences and deconstructing. It's the yeah. deconstructing yeah. part side of I. I'm sure it's probably on Instagram, but I see it a lot on TikTok. And where it's this full circle moment that happens when someone learns so much about theology that they turn into atheists. Like it's, I don't know, it's, it's incredible. Yes. <laughs> he makes a point about that. And I'm going to skip right to it just to, okay. because he okay. says theology isn't the search for truth, but rather a defense of an already held position. He said, basically, theology is just apologetics, right? So it explains why a belief is true rather than seeking out the truth in and of itself. So eventually, the more people keep studying theology, they realize that all the reasoning inevitably proves the truth (laughs) of theology's bullshit. Yeah, yeah. I rely on you to keep us abreast of what goes on on the talk because, (laughs) you know, I'm like – I'm not, I'm not getting on there. All right. So 14 things the misguided religious establishment doesn't want you to know. Okay. First, okay. toxic religion is rooted in fear, especially the fear of the afterlife. Yes. Uh, it leverages the false doctrine of hell to demand holiness, he says. The the fear of God's disapproval, rejection, abandonment, and punishment is another hallmark of toxic religion. Yeah. Number two, clergy have no authority. Uh, holding a leadership position or having a theological degree does not give that person special divine authority or superiority over others. Um, Any of the terms that they like to use, anointed, called, chosen, pastor, Mm -hmm. priest, bishop, evangelist, apostle, all that shit, Mm -hmm. they don't give you authority over anything or an individual group. No. No, it's again, it's it's a bunch of people saying, I'm an authority and you Mm got to follow this or you're going to go to hell. Yep. I'm going to take my chances with hell, dude. (laughs) Uh, Number three. We hold sacred what we are taught to hold sacred. Yeah. Which is why what is sacred to one community is not sacred to another. Right. And I mean, in this, this can be seen like you see with, uh, is it uh, Buddhist or is it Hindus that don't eat meat, that they don't eat beef because for them cows are holy? I think it's Hindu. Cattle because it's holy to them. Okay, and if you've ever loved on a baby cow, <laughs> you wouldn't eat one either. Really, they're sweet babies. They're, they have personalities very similar to dogs, I understand. Mm. Uh, number four, the stories in our sacred books aren't history, nor were they meant to be. And this touches on you know historians, the point I made about historians earlier. The authors of these books weren't historians, but writers of historical fiction. Um, they used pseudo-history as their own ideas and reading sacred texts as history, like it may give us nuggets of the right. past. Right. But you know, he says the real gold is seeing these stories as myth and then trying to unpack the possible meanings that they hold. Right. Like the whole thing with Jesus fed like was it 40 people or whatever with like one fish and one piece of bread and all that like that it's not possible guys <laughs> but you know you know and and that was kind of my problem with um when I did go to Christian church was that cuz I've always not always, but I've known for a very long time that those stories are myths and, and they're there to teach you it's so that you, like you said, so that you interpret and you get the lesson out of it, not to be taken literally. And these people were just taking the things literally. And I'm like, no, you missed the point. It's like you the, point the point was like right there. And then you just jumped right over it. <laughs> yeah. I remember the first time when I realized, oh, I have this unnatural dislike of religion. It was, um, I was working and I met this, uh, a new girl started and her name was Amy. And she was just a really seriously devout Republican Catholic. And I'm like, and so I'm, I'm like, wait a minute, you just believe these things? And she just had this incredible faith. And and mm-hmm. I I think it's beautiful and I respect her and I love her for her faith. But I'm like, so you just take whatever the Bible says as complete truth and you never walk outside of it. And she's like, yeah. I'm like, dude, fuck that. <clears throat> but, you know, she's 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 got incredible faith. Um, Here's a good one. 
Number five, prayer doesn't work the way you think it does. Uh-huh. You can't bribe God uh-huh. or change or change God's mind through obedience, devotion, or groveling. Prayer for the sake of salvation is bullshit. And of course, I am the one that said bullshit. That was my that last <laughs> one was me. Prayer for the sake of salvation is bullshit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think a lot of us has done that, right? You try to you pray for something. It's like I swear, if you just do this one thing, I swear I'll never and, never yeah. ask for anything again until again. the next time that I ask for never yeah. asking. <laughs> I I do that with spirit. I'm like, dudes, come on. <laughs> Number six: anything you claim to know about God, even the notion that there is a God, is a projection of your own beliefs. Yes. What you say about God, who God is, what God cares about, who God rewards and who God punishes says absolutely nothing about God. It says everything about you. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's not necessarily bad, right? Because some people are very holy and, and lovely and wonderful, but they, they freaking they learn that themselves, right? They didn't learn it from God. So basically if you believe in an unconditionally loving God, Mm-hmm. Um, you probably value unconditional love in your own life and you have, you, 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 you walk the walk, so to speak. Right. Yeah. 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 But if you believe in a God who labels people worthy, unworthy, chosen, mm-hmm. not chosen, saved and damned, mm-hmm. then you're likely to be a person who divides people into groups, right? Groups. Yes. Um, yes. Those who are like you and those who are not like you. Uh-huh. I, judgment. Right. Okay. But here's the thing. These people who do that are most are most likely to deem their own group as the ideal group, right? Of or course, the of only one with the correct opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that reminds me of that movie Saved with Mandy Moore. Yes. Oh, wasn't she a shit in that movie? Yes. Oh, she was awful. Yeah, she was so good. Yeah, it was good. It was a good movie. Yeah. Yeah, but that's exactly how she acts. Mm-hmm. Like I'm the only I'm the only one who's got it right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so um, I thought that was one that I highlighted. Number six, I was like, oh, that's 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 some that's a truth bomb right there. Yep, I have a personal story. <laughs> there was this lady that I was in. That I was in a. It was in a sales group of many many years ago, probably ten years ago at this point. And she's the was the type to just always post. Bible verses every single fucking day. Like she goes, she was saved because she had gone to prison at some point for selling drugs, um, for trafficking drugs, actually. She went to prison for like seven years. And so when she came out, you know, she came out and she was saved and, you know, she was trying to be a better person and all this stuff or whatever. But yeah, every, every day was Bible verses and all she would do is just talk about God and talk about religion and stuff. And it just really... Like I, I would just I let it go. I would let it go because I was like, you know, what? it's her journey. It's her thing. But one day she had a disagreement with me and she was being so rude and she was being so toxic. And so I called her out and I was like, aren't you the person that posts Bible verses any day, every single day? Why can't you be nicer? Why can't you be more godly? And she was like, oh, and like she had nothing to say. And then she blocked mm-hmm. me. She blocked you. <laughs> it's like I'll, 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 I'll look at myself after I block you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, so uh, segue or or um, what do we call it? Um, we're gonna go down a different topic. Tangent. What's the difference between drug trafficking and dr- and selling drugs? Oh, because she was crossing straight lines. Uh, state lines. Oh, so when you do that, you're trafficking. So that's why when they say, when they talk about like sex trafficking, it's because they're kidnapping women and taking them out of the country or across state lines. lines. And that's a federal crime versus being, you know, whatever local jurisdiction. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, She was caught in an airport. You learned something new. And and she was no, she took drugs in an airport. Uh Uh-huh. Into an airport. Yeah. Dude. (laughs) Don't do meth people. Um, okay, let's see. Number seven. Um, nobody is born a religion. Uh, Jewish, Muslim, Hindu, Catholic, Protestant, people are born humans and then slowly conditioned by narratives of race, religion, gender, nationality, etc. Right? Yeah. Um, 
that one I was like, all right, well, I don't know. Like if you're, if you're, if you have a Christian mom and a Christian dad, you kind of are born Christian, but I see what he's saying, but I was like, I don't know. There- yeah. You learn, you learn the religion that you're, that you're, family brings you into is essentially what it is it's not that you're born into it it's you're brought into it right 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 number eight was what we talked about um earlier theology isn't the search for truth it's just defense um you know which is basically what a lot of religions have to do they have to defend instead of you know and um you know if anybody has to defend their religion dude you know okay there's something wrong yeah right all right, number nine. Um, here's this one's interesting. Becoming more religious cannot save us. Okay, religion is a human invention reflecting the best and worst of humanity. It really is. Mm-hmm. Becoming more religious simply allows us to perpetuate compassion and cruelty in the name of religion, Oof. because religion always carries the danger of radicalization, yeah. and becoming more religious only heightens the risk of becoming more radical in our beliefs. Yes. That just reminds me of cult leaders, how they're mm-hmm. like, well, God told me that you have to give mm-hmm. me all your money and you have to sell all your possessions and give them to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. The same goes for MAGA holes who have adopted this whole personality based on the political affiliations and, like, you know, uh, untruths on Fox News. Like, you know who they are. Uh-huh. Basically... They're far-right weirdos who use guns and the flag as both their personal truth, right? But also as decorations for their living room. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a radicalized human, right? Got my guns yeah. on my living room and my flag. Oh my Don't God. tread on me. Oh, we went to um, we went to this thing. It's called the Sheriff's Rodeo yesterday <laughs> because because Mike got free tickets from work and it was going to be free food. And I was like, say Dude, less, free let's food. Do it. I'm here, but Plus it horses. was. But it was, yeah, and but it was that. So all they had all the vendors, right? And they had the most ridiculous shirts. Like one of them was like a gun and then come and take it. And then another one was um, legalized freedom. And it was like a flag. And then there was a skull. I don't even know what was on it. But there were such stupid, stupid sayings and these things they put on shirts and it was like um oh god what was it um god guns freedom or something i was like really really it's ridiculous trump has he has radicalized um you know nonsense he's radicalized these people um because of their um perceived their fears you know, injustices fears it's their fears their fears yeah their fear of of the other their fear of someone coming to losing take power their, losing power somebody coming to take their things uh yeah it's it's fear it's it's a very fear based yeah okay so alternately number 10 is becoming less religious also cannot save us okay in fact being against religion can can become another form of radicalization so becoming less religious will simply force us to use compassion and cruelty in the name of something else and you see this i see this in portland a lot so i say are you hearing this super far left passive aggressive kens and karens you fight for a cause for the sake of fighting instead of a sincere passion and that's just as toxic as far-right ignorance and hatred Mm. and you see it here all the time in portland it's just angry far-left people who want to like trash trash the establishment right so what they're doing is they're breaking fucking windows of small business owners who can't afford that's not how you do it yeah no you're not achieving anything no Mm -hmm. it's ridiculous so you know i i see the ridiculousness in radicalization on both sides i'm not just you know a democrat yeah yeah it's extremes it's extremes Number 11, a healthy religion is the one that helps us own and integrate the shadow side of human nature for the good of all. Okay, but here's the thing. I mean, maybe, yes, yes, I agree with that. A shadow, a healthy religion helps us own and integrate the shadow side of human nature. But the problem is, is that clergy are not trained to do that. They're not trained to look at, uh, help people and to look at the shadow side. They're like, you know, you must resist your urges to, right, you know. Right. Yeah. Yes. Like, or, or, uh, oh, you did something bad. Go do 30 Hail Marys. Yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. like, well, that didn't solve anything. No. In, in Like you said, 30 Hail Marys, right? Because clergy are trained to promote the religion that they represent. Mm-hmm. 
Um, they are apologists. They're not liberators. This is what Jim Palmer says. If you want to be more just, compassionate, and loving, you must do the personal work within yourself and free yourself from the conditions that lock you into injustice and cruelty and hate. Um, and this means you have to free yourself from all, this is me saying, you have to free yourself from all your microaggressive and subconscious bias narratives, including those that you support in the name of religion. And that's, again, we tie this back to the MAGA people. Like that's what the problem is. They, they have not been taught to, um, you know, um, integrate the shadow side of, you know, their fears and stuff, you There's know, so. self-awareness about their fears. Yeah. No. And we could say that for the left, too, the far left. Yeah. Number 12, religious leaders claim that their understanding and interpretation of their sacred books should be universally accepted. My authority is the Bible. And he says it would be more accurate for them to say my authority is what they taught me the Bible means at seminary. Right. Right. Makes right. sense. Mm -hmm. um, he says people start with flawed or false assumptions about what the Bible is, such as um, that the Bible was meant to represent a clear study of God. That's not no. true. Mm -mm. That the Bible is the infallible and sole message from God to the world. No, it can't be infallible because it was written by men. And then Thank you. And it's inherent that there's going to be bias. And that the Bible is a blueprint for daily living. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, there's no sheep that we're, you know, sacrificing, tending to, tending tending to. to on a daily basis or nothing. No, no, there was no cars, no internet. There's no smartphones no. in the Bible. No, it doesn't, it can't, it doesn't, it can't apply. It's outdated. And that's the problem. And that's the problem with gun laws, right? Like, look, I'm not trying to take anybody's gun, but the gun laws were written way back when we were freaking pilgrims fighting Fucking for bayonets. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. What's wrong with a little bit of regulation? Um, you know, right. the NRA is what's wrong. Bastards. Yep. And why? Because they're afraid of losing power. Mm hmm. All right, number 13, um, the idea of being a good Christian is tied to your church attendance, your tithing, your membership, service, participation. If that's the case, then you need to refer back to number six, where I pointed out that you are likely someone who puts people into groups and assigns value to who are those that are like you and um, takes value away from those who are not. Yep. And that's capitalism too, is yes. attendance, attendance and tithing. Yeah. And then I will remind anyone listening to this too, what Dolores Cannon had to say when she spoke to Jesus. And he said that church was never meant to be a place. It was not meant to be some temple. It was supposed to be a people gathering. That's it. Just people gathering wherever to share stories with each other that would help each other and uplift each other. That was it. That was church, not a place. Beautiful. And that goes is a perfect and beautiful segue into the last one, number 14. And I paraphrase this in, I was high one day and I read this and I was like, what? I gotta like share that with my group, mm -hmm. our group. So what I did was there is a post in, in the community about this, but this is the actual original blurb. He says, you are capable of guiding your own path from the inside out and you don't need to be told what to do. You naturally have the ability, capacity, tools, and the skills to guide and direct your own life meaningfully, ethically, and effectively. Through the use of critical thinking, empathy, reason, conscious, conscience, and intuition, you can capably lead your own life. You have the choice to cultivate a spirituality that doesn't require you to be inadequate, powerless, weak, and lacking, but one that empowers you towards strength, vitality, and wholeness, and the fulfillment of your highest potential and possibility. That's beautiful. That's beautiful, isn't it? It's freaking yes. deep, too. I was like, that yeah. is deep. Yeah. Super deep after you've, like hit the pipe <laughs> okay the last um the last little section of this is let's talk about a few falsehoods that people believe are true but are actually bullshit which we just talked about those but this is more fun. okay okay all right um all right so the first one is this and this one is at the top of the list and will never ever 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 not be 
literally the most important piece of bullshit to call out is total and complete bullshit. I, I'm just going to say bullshit like all the time. <laughs> this. All right. And that is being gay is a sin. Yeah, that's horseshit. It wasn't even in the Bible or it, the original text was actually that men should not lay with little boys. It was about pedophilia not about homosexuality. It was reworded or rephrased in the King James version. And then do we want to talk about fucking King James for, yes, a, for a second? Yes. Okay. So uh, King James, the first of England, he was, um, he's part of this list that I found of 13 LGBTQ royals you didn't learn about in history class. Of course. So, so this guy, he was married to Anne of Denmark, but he has been thought to have relationships with several of his male courtiers. So mm -hmm. the most notable one was with George Villiers. And so in the early 2000s, when they did restoration work on the Apathorpe Palace, they revealed a secret passageway that connected James and Villiers' bedchambers. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So actually, he. So all I'm saying is he was just master projector and he was just projecting his own bullshit onto everyone else when he decided to have the Bible rewritten. Re okay, so he rewrote the Bible. He or he was the head of the project to rewrite he, the Bible. Yes. Yeah, he was he commissioned, yeah, he commissioned the the re rewriting of the Bible to include that that piece of homo that anti-homosexuality thing that people love to quote. Yeah. Dude, shut up. That that, that is a juicy piece of it's like it's like Ancient gossip. It would yes. Be. We love gossip, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's some good gossip. Yeah. All right. So that was bullshit, obviously. Um, mm -hmm. The next one is mental health, sexuality, and gender, gender identity struggles are a sign of disobedience, sin, or a lack of faith. No. God <laughs> gave us free will. Like, if you do believe in God, then you believe, then you accept that we have free will, or however it was granted or whatever, but we have it. And so we have the ability to have self-awareness. We have the ability to make choices. And we can also make choices that affirm how we feel, including, like, if we want to have sex change, you know, and, and do all that. But it's it's our choice. It's our choice. and And that is... Um, a tenet. It is a foundation. It is um, a pillar of the reincarnation um, sort of process, right? Because incarnation is experiential. So if in one yeah. life we have an experience as a maybe a cis straight male, in the mm -hmm. next life we're going to have the experience of a gay male. So to tie mental health, which is no. physiological, and it's also an experience. There are plenty of people mm -hmm. that incarnate with mental health issues because mm -hmm. the soul needs the, to know what is it like to have mental health issues? How yeah. do you gain compassion for people if you don't know, right? Yeah. There are plenty of people that struggle with their sexuality and gender yes. identity because mm -hmm. this is the experience that their soul, the human soul is having in order to contribute to the greater good of all, right? right. Zero has to do with sin. And listen, try, yeah. I'm about to get fucking fired up about sin because yes. that is a big thing. So it's not about sin or a lack of faith. It's not a sign of, of disobedience. Um, here's, here's, here's my take on sin. Okay. Ugh, mm -hmm. I, this, I get so mad about this. Um, and a falsehood is, is that you were born a sinner requiring forgiveness. It, that whole original sin bullshit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. We were babies. God damn it. <laughs> babies. Have you, have you met a baby? <laughs> babies are not born with something that isn't even a real thing. Sin is not, it's a human construct. Yes, it's a man-made idea. Mm -hmm. For the purpose of? Control. Control. Stop it. Stop it now, people. Stop using the term sin because sin is the same as using the word gobbledygook. 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 What the hell is it? We don't know. It's yeah, made up yeah. bullshit, right? So yes. fucking stop it. Oh, I get so mad about sin. Um, the next one, it's okay to judge and hate people because of people of other religions because they're enemies of God. <laughs> I would say if your God encourages you to hate someone else, I would say you should question that. That doesn't sound right. 
I don't know. Isn't it supposed to be about love? Like I thought that that's what I thought I've understood God to be. God isn't like a man. It isn't this. It's it's just all of our souls and consciousness all put together, all making up this energetic being. That's God. And it's just love and that's it. Like there's no, I don't know. That's me. And dude, how are you an enemy of God? All knowing, all powerful. Like the only enemy that I can even imagine would be Satan. And Satan fucked around and found out, right? He's a fallen angel and God's like, you're out of here, buddy. But that's the (laughs) only, like, how do you, how are you an enemy of God? You can't make an enemy of God. He he, he loves you and forgives you despite yeah, aren't we created in God's image? And therefore, if we are, then aren't we also a part of God? And so then we can't, do we hate ourselves? Like, I don't, I don't, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just to touch on the concept of God, just because I'm not religious, it doesn't mean that I don't believe in God, but I don't believe yeah. in some all powerful being. I believe that God is a consciousness, that God is a creator. It's a spark. I believe in God, goddess the universe source, I believe in whatever derivative of a higher power that you believe in and whatever you call it, you could call it George. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Um, But the point is, is that it's, it's, it's central core is love and love is um, unconditional in spirit. So Mm -hmm. God doesn't have enemies because the minute you get mad at him, he's like, I'm sorry. I forgive you. I love you. Yeah. Cause that's judgment. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, Mm -hmm. it is. It's fucking religion. Um, okay, here's here's one that you'll love. A godly woman is submissive, is a submissive one woman. The, the fuck? Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> if that's the case, I'm a fucking heathen. A then, heathen. Then, you, then you know what? Then then no. <laughs> get, get away from me. <laughs> Alternately, out of disobedience to God, one should stay in an abusive relationship. Oh. Oh, God. And then we wonder why we have snapped as a TV show. (laughs) And Bad Girls Club. Club. Or or, uh, deathbed confessions of the great-grandmothers that killed their first husband. Oh, my God. Or evil lives here. I mean, you know, yeah, this is just crazy. Um, People believe this. They literally believe this stuff. And I was just like, what? Like, and we knew this, right? But just to put yes. them in black and white and talk about them, it's like, dude, are you kidding me? People believe this? They do. They believe they do. Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, questioning what you've been told is a lack of faith, right? A lot of people in the church, um, I, pastors like to tell them that. I know. Lack of faith yeah. if you question me. Oof. Yeah. No, I didn't do well. That's why uh, my first and second grade in Catholic school did not go well because I questioned everything and it, it did, didn't fare well for me. <laughs> No, but, but that's what you were, that's how you, you gained your awakening. Your awakening was about questioning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And that's what an awakening is going, wait a minute. This doesn't seem right. Exactly. Um, next one, I just have a couple more. There's like five or six more. Your heart is wicked and can't be trusted to make important decisions. Uh, you know, rude. (laughs) How dare you call me wicked? I'll show you wicked. Put your name in a jar. The Bible can only be interpreted by somebody with a seminary degree. Well, which means it can only be right um, defended and explained and right. Um, don't question me. Type mm. of bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, here we go. I love that we talked about this a little bit. God gives or withholds favor and blessings based on your performance, your tithing, your you know all that bullshit. Mm. Bullshit. I don't know. Maybe if. God is a capitalist, maybe. I, oh, you didn't give enough this month. You're not getting any blessings. Right. I don't I think people that operate in the name of God are capitalists like Joel Osteen. Osteen. <laughs> yeah. Did you know that Billy Graham died? Uh he, no. He did, and people were celebrating it. Now listen. Um, I was reading, you know, I was in the comments with my popcorn, but I was like, that's mean. I mean, <laughs> the dude is dead and he yeah. by now he realizes what a fucking douchebag he was, but I don't think people should celebrate when people die. It's me. Not like that. Not no, not like that. Like it's one thing like if you're celebrating like your grandma's life, right? Or something like that, you know, like that celebration in that way. But no, like your celebration because you're glad they're dead. That's just feels gross. No. Dude, I won't even celebrate when Trump dies. I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be sad, but I'm not gonna celebrate. But I'm not gonna celebrate. No, no. Same thing with uh when they killed Osama bin Laden and those people were like cheering in the streets and stuff. I was like, oh, I don't know, that doesn't feel right. 
that just feels uh just i don't know i don't like it mm-hmm. i don't like it you go through that light and you do go through your life review they're they're gonna show you that too the spirit guides yeah. are gonna be like and this is when you celebrated when someone died <laughs> i'll be like oh i Sorry. forgot about that <laughs> Um, let's see here. Sending. Oh, this one is like, what the fuck? Sending people to hell mm-hmm. satisfies God's justice and brings him glory. What? Yeah. So basically Christian God gets off on seeing people suffer. Okay. Well, sounds about right. <laughs> like what? That's like white Republican Jesus. I, that's, I don't. Yes. Evangelical Jesus. <laughs> yep. Um, let me see. Sacrificing your needs, desires, interests, and passion shows true discipleship. Um, that's culty leaders bullshit. That's culty. That sounds culty mm-hmm. AF. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't deserve God's love. That's it? Like that's, just, that's a whole sentence? That's a whole sentence. We don't deserve God's love. What? Uh, rude. Wait, right? Like, how dare you? That's basically saying you're not worthy. Well, yes, I will I'm- have you question that. Okay. If you, if if somebody considers a God to be their father, if you were to say that about your regular dad, just, up, you know, about your earth dad, that you didn't deserve your dad's God, your dad's love, wouldn't you be like, what the fuck? Right. Right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it, it just, it's just this shit that they believe. And I, and I don't believe that it's intelligent people that believe this. I believe that it's people that have just been indoctrinated since day yeah, one, controlled, abused, that sort of thing. Yes. The last one is really simple. If you don't attend church, you are a sinner. I think you're all clear on how I feel about sinning. Yeah. And um, I don't attend church. It, church is, 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 is boring and judgy. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not so doing that. I say, catch me outside. <laughs> say, catch me outside. <laughs> I love it. Um. Anyway, so that is our. Um. That's the uh, all I have today about um the problems within organized religion, um specifically in the age of Aquarius and why we think so much of it is bullshit because it really is. Yeah, it's the age of waking up. Mm-hmm. and questioning yeah absolutely well friends that means it's time to say goodbye if you enjoyed today's episode please share on your stories subscribe and leave us a review this helps our podcast grow and if we grow that means the ability to do this work grows as well thank you for hanging out with us today stay mystical magical and don't let anyone tell you what to do especially religious leaders fuck those guys <laughs>